hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 84 of the Weekly Cooldown. It is March 13th. Happy Friday the 13th. Um, and I sincerely hope you are washing your hands. That's it. That's all I'm asking. Just wash your hands, cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze, and be safe. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to, and I'm sure you know that there's some news this week that is involved with what I'm referring to. So without any further delay or roundabout, let us get to the headline recap for this week and get into the rest of the show. A lead developer at Blizzard who has worked at the company for many years has uh, and worked on Overwatch is leaving the company. After 20 years, Michael Chu is exiting Blizzard to pursue something new. In a blog post, Chu said that he's pushed for diversity and inclusivity in games and hopes he can continue to do so in his later career. Although it is unclear where he is headed now, Chu highlighted more in a blog post about the impact Overwatch has had on him as an Asian American, saying, quote, As an Asian American, I wanted to experience narratives that represented people like me and to see them depicted as heroes. Overwatch offered an opportunity to bring a more inclusive vision of Earth to life, a future worth fighting for. A new chapter of Doom 64 is headed to PC uh, later this month. Doom 64 was a console exclusive for, obviously, the Nintendo 64. Now, after some 23 years, the game is headed to PC. In addition to porting the game, the game also comes with a new chapter, which will likely add new lore for Doom lovers. Um, Additionally, the new chapter will take place after the conclusion of the original game. Doom 64 is due to release on March 20th alongside the release of Doom Eternal. And finally, 2K is following Bethesda and Activision by removing some games from NVIDIA's cloud streaming platform GeForce Now. While we can't get into the full controversy behind why GeForce Now is under fire by publishers and developers, what we can say is that while the cloud streaming service was being praised for its compatibility over Google Stadia, it seems as though NVIDIA never quite had permission to publish the games onto the platform in the first place. For more information and a full, well-written story on why 2K and others are pulling away from NVIDIA's platform, the PC Gamer article written by Wes Fenlon is linked in the description, and it is, I believe, the best source for information. And those are just some of the big headlines this week, but of course, if you want to chat more about any headlines or you got some comments you want to make about any of the headlines, tweet at me at Gaming or at WKCooldown. Or join us on Discord and let me know all about what you want to talk about. Also, be sure to check out the question of the week so we can read it right here on the show. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) things are happening in the the world. Um, Mostly uh, bad things. 2020 has like a vice grip on most of us. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, some of us are happy. Some of us ain't so happy. But you know what? Life goes on, uh, who some for many of us, and uh, we, you know what, we just gotta kind of push forward, keep keep going, move head on. Um, and that being said, I have a guest who's going to help me push forward through this show. <laughs> um, his name is George. Say hello, George. Hey, 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 what up, gamers? What up, gamers? 
Um, welcome to the show, George. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Not too bad. Not too bad, huh? <sighs> Sleepy, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> so, uh, George, we have like a, well, I have a new friend and he is your mutual friend and his name is Aiden. Um, he kind of put me on to what you guys are producing. Uh, I imagine that you are a part of the podcast network that uh, he told me about. So why don't you, uh, can, if you can, tell the listeners about what you guys do. Well, I'm uh, on a on two podcasts called uh, Something Wonderful Right Away and uh, Good Idea, both of which are part of the uh, Sinister Parent Company, a uh, indie podcasting network that's uh, that I am a part of. Um, it's Great. Pretty much uh, to sum it up, it's any and all kind of di uh, diverse diversity and uh, viewpoints are pretty much welcome. What do you guys do on? Uh, I know about the Good Idea podcast. Although, well, tell us about both of those podcasts, if you would. Uh, Something Wonderful Right Away is uh, an improv group, audio only podcast. Uh, it's just like any other sort of a like improv group you'll see performing in town and like a theater or something. But it's mm -hmm. more, it's like I said, audio only. We get a lot of diverse groups of people, myself included. And we just try to have a bit of fun. It's that's that's the goal. Anytime and every time is just a teensy bit of fun. <laughs> um, what is the what about the Good Idea podcast? Uh, the Good Idea podcast is a uh, well, it's a brain trust that your brain can trust, as Aiden uh, puts it. Um, it's, I like it. Uh, it's again also focuses on uh, the diversity, especially with the four co-hosts including myself we all come from different walks of life two of uh two of which are actually from the same state me and Aiden. um uh we look at your problems and try to try to solve them as well as uh put a little bit of a philosophical spin to things hmm i like that that's cool um you will hear later uh Aiden's bonus episode that we recorded uh, probably later next month, uh, where we spoke about how uh, he thinks that you can uh, kind of fit improv and video games together to kind of come together in this very kind uh, uh, in this way that makes your competitive gameplay better. And I love that idea. And it's that was a wonderful bonus to uh, record with him. So you guys will hear about that. Um, later on in, next month um but uh before we really jump into that topic next month do you have anything to add on that topic perhaps <laughs> well i don't i don't know about the uh, competitive scene but in terms of casual play isn't pretty much any running joke a improv to improv moment you know mm -hmm. i like that idea i like that idea a lot <laughs> It's a, it's an, it's just a really interesting way of like, uh, bringing a different aspect of life into video games, which I always love. I like, um, comparing different genres, different media markets, different aspects of life to video games. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people say that video games are like escapism, but then there are people like 
us and even as i said in the headlines uh michael chu who wanted to kind of be a part of the video game they wanted to see themselves and their experiences represented in video games and so you know we kind of try and fit any and every part of ourselves into video games nowadays instead of uh keeping it as this idea of uh uh escapism or escaping from the real world and going into the reality or excuse me the virtual world i think it's honestly it's a bit of both you can't really have one without the other honestly that's true that is very true because without reality there is no escapism do you hear that listeners you can't escape no i'm kidding (laughs) this has been your existential crisis That's right. I'm coming. No. Okay. Um, so let's get into the news for this week. There were a few bigger stories, but there, of course, is one that we are going to focus on. Um, obviously, I know most people have heard it, but we're going to get some other ideas out there. Um, before we get into that, though, we did want to talk about International Women's Day in a way and the way Cyberpunk 2077 fits into it. Um, so in celebration of International Women's Day this week, 20, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 showcased an updated look at the female lead character for the game named apparently Miss V. Um, in addition to showcasing the newly mod- remodeled uh, Miss V, they also took the time to confirm that the picture they tweeted of Miss V would be available as reversible box art for the game's physical copies. Um, so I thought that was, I mean, it's not the most like significant thing you could do for uh, International Women's Day. But when you brought it up uh, to my attention, I thought it was actually a very kind of uh, cute thing to do, a very nice little gesture um, from Cyberpunk 2077, especially because of a lot of the news leading up to the game's release, they have you know hasn't been always the best uh, um, coverage, I suppose. So um, you know it was nice to see that fans were still a little excited, and um, that uh, Cyberpunk was uh, pretty into doing some f- fun stuff for uh, International Women's Day. Yeah, I thought it was honestly a little clever, mainly because, well, it's an, it's a role-playing game, and, well, most of the time, if not all the time, you'll see the male person get most, if not all, of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Even though, let's be honest, it pretty much be the exact same character, and in this case, you won't even be able to look at them, because first-person only, but... That's right. Hey, every, every little bit counts, you know? I'm just glad that, like, we actually have a in the CG, CG trailer uh, a while back, there was a, a, a Latinx character uh, that was helping out the, uh, uh, the main protagonist. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, you know, I, I think that... Uh, how, how can I put this? Cyberpunk, uh, again, as I said, they haven't had the best coverage, um, but... This is one way that they're trying, I guess. <laughs> and I think that um, at the end of the day, uh, uh, that's the most they can do <laughs> is try. Uh, try to, you know, uh, win back some of the people they might have lost and or uh, try to keep people around. And you're right. Um, it's nice to see uh, the female protagonist. Um, it's nice to see 
women being uh, represented more, especially in video games. It's nice to see representation at all in video games. So uh, d a decent job, <laughs> Cyberpunk. They've had some stumbles, but hey, hopefully this is just the start of an upward trajectory. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe, maybe hopefully the, for their next uh, their next uh, video game, they've learned from uh, past blunders, and we can move forward into the future. There's a cat in my room. Then we can move forward to the future. <laughs> I still have my worries about the uh, create a character system. Yeah. Mainly due to skin color. This. This skin color has not been in a video game, really. Uh, <laughs> for the listener, I think it's like a tan, a good, a, a good tan. A decent tan, yeah. I, a decent tan. I look pretty pale though, compared to most. I kind of wear sweaters and pants all the time and don't really. Do much. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. It kind of ranges anywhere from really dark to the point that it looks more african-american than you know latin american skin to right. literal orange skin as their literal. hispanic option yes uh it's it is i i will admit that there are very few games out there who can kind of get it right um for myself as a black person i think what it what one of the games that really did it well was um the outer world and what they did not only was you know get the skin color right and get the uh options for skin color right but they also got hairstyles really really well and there was more than two um which is usually uh in any other video game it's usually like large afro and buzz cut for black people mm -hmm. right those are like the only two options that really are quote unquote black um, but then in Outer Worlds, you get, uh, you know, there's the dreadlocks, there's different styles of the dreadlocks. Um, of course, there's the afro, but then there's like big afro, short afro. Um, you know, they really kind of went a little above and beyond uh, the the way that most games do, where it's just like one or the other, or maybe three. Maybe you get like long dreadlocks, but no variation on that. Um, and so I think... A lot of the times we, as I said before, we try and find that representation. So, you know, for you and for me <laughs> and so for so many others, it's skin color. But then on top of that, for so many others, it's hairstyle. Um, it's, it's for some people, it's um, sexual orientation. Uh, it's gender. It's so, so, so many things that we want to see, especially now that we're in 2020, get with it, game developers. Um, we, but there's so many things that we want to see uh, in our video games now. And uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe in the future we'll see more of it. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm a somber man in Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is that reason? <laughs> Tell us. Well... She's like canonically Mexican and she speaks with an accent, although I speak with an accent. It's a Midwestern accent. It's mm -hmm. part of my culture. Right. And like if you go to the, the map in Mexico, I believe I forget what it's called. I haven't played it in a while because of connection issues. Um, <laughs> uh, she actually uh, like mentions the uh, local bakery and how like she, she tried to get some treats. I actually think she mentions 
pandulce, although I could be wrong, mm. which is honestly a nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I uh, heard from a uh, Mexican-American uh, Overwatch player, I cannot remember who it was for the life of me at this point, but they tweeted saying that uh, they, their grandmother doesn't know uh, any uh, Overwatch character except Sombra because she's Mexican-American. <laughs> or excuse me, she's Mexican. And that made me smile because they went on to say <laughs> that anytime uh, this person picked Sombra, their grandmother's in the background like cheering like oh my god yay <laughs> and i think that's so adorable and i think it's a great way to kind of uh, bridge the um generation gap and also keep the heritage together is you know you have the character in there that's representing you and your family and then your family's in on it then they're like yeah that's the mexican character i love them oh my god i'm so happy you know it's it's just a good it's a good feeling Although it's a great feeling one a uh, character in a different game in a different uh online multiplayer game that i don't think has gotten much attention well two of them um are uh goyo and amaru from uh our rainbow six siege i don't know if you heard of that game oh yeah they're they're military it's pretty pretty much overwatch with the military skin <laughs> Right. Yeah, one, they've got one, two, three, four, at, at least six Latin American characters. Um, they've got a freaking Peruvian character. Mm. The last time I've seen Peruvian representation was, well, how do I put this? I think it was, I think it was it's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, geez. Or was that Ecuador? Oh. I don't remember. Regardless, Yikes. it was not good. <laughs> You're right. And, well, everyone mainly focuses on Mexico or Cuba sometimes. Uh, don't really focus on, on any other countries. So mm -hmm. seeing a country other than Mexico getting supported, it's a welcome improvement, and I applauded them for it. I bought the season pass for that year uh, because they had a, a Mexican operator and a Peruvian operator. I'm like, because, you know, the saying vote with your wallet i voted with my wallet i'm one of those operators i like the representation right. take my money take <laughs> exactly it. yeah you know what i spoke about this maybe two or three weeks ago and there have been people who have said either a that representation is bad for video games or in the case and i will not let this go of cliff blazinski he said that b too much representation was bad for his video game. Um, he said he felt like he was forcing it on people. And you know what? That's totally false. I'm sorry. I think, and I can almost prove, <laughs> that more people will buy your video game uh, if you put the representation in there, you do it positively, and you do it with confidence. I mean, don't feel sorry for your game because you decided to uh, ramp up the, uh, you know, the the positive representation of uh, marginalized people. Like that's, uh, frankly, that's bullshit. <laughs> that was a that that game was a Cliff Breakers, right? That's, that's uh, Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers. Yeah. Yes. Uh... Yeah. I mean, aside from not being the best game, 
there are some other reasons. And he did point this out. He did say that there were other reasons why the game didn't do well. But he, again, and I will not let the story go, he decided to use Instagram and a picture of himself to, like, you know, get this boohoo sob story out there. Um, And that's how I feel about it. Although, if Cliff Blazinski wants to come on the show and explain himself, he's welcome to do so. Call that. Um, Look, this, I mean, it's just one, one man's feelings against another's. Um, That being said, uh, congrats or not congrats, but like good job uh, with some good exposure. uh, Cyberpunk 2077. We hope to see lots and lots of good representation from other video games in the future. Okay, so we're going to move on to the main story of the day, which is the main story on any other podcast or any other news show or any other anything and anywhere, and that is the coronavirus and its havoc-wreaking powers on everything that is good and well in this world. So, (laughs) um... As you've likely heard by now, E3 is officially canceled for this year thanks to the coronavirus or COVID-19. Last week, we, uh, we reported that E3 will actually continue despite the city of LA responding in a way that would suggest that maybe that wasn't the best idea. Yet, as of now, the Entertainment Software Association, or ESA, aka the people who run E3, has confirmed that the largest video game conference in North America is canceled this year, but will return next year. And while options can, uh, while options on canceling E3 are mixed, it is hard to ignore the myriad of other, or excuse me, opinions on canceling E3 are mixed. It is hard to ignore the other myriad of video game related gatherings that are canceling due to the pandemic. In addition to E3, the ESL Pro League is moving in favor of online-only events, the Overwatch League is canceled for the next two months, and companies who normally participate in E3 are looking to do online events, um, including Xbox and Ubisoft. Nintendo, who usually does a Nintendo Direct during this time, will still be doing their Nintendo Direct, but tweeted and uh, sent out a message in support of canceling E3 this year. So, um, that's kind of what's going on. <laughs> a lot of things are shutting down because of the coronavirus. Um, last week, I had a uh, new friend on who spoke about uh, his time at uh, PAX East and how a lot of people pulled out because of the coronavirus. Um, the you know the attendance seemed to be kind of low. But there, there was a lot of chance for smaller indie developers who decided they still wanted to go to Shine. So that was kind of a positive in that um, regard. Um, what, do you have any quick opinions, uh, George, about this? Um, uh, well, first thing I want to mention is that because of the, all those cancellations that indie developers are kind of, were kind of banking on to get all that exposure mm-hmm. and once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to you know try to get it more people to see it um right uh, uh people that were financially affected by that uh they've actually set up a crowdfunding campaign to try to mitigate that a little bit mm. um i don't think i can't really think of what it was called but uh i'll make sure to send you a link to it like off the air absolutely 
and we'll put it in the description so that people can find it. Indie developers need 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 help too, man. Absolutely, I I do agree. And uh, something I wanted to highlight is just that. Um, so, like I said, at PAX East, it was one thing for the big developers to kind of pull out, but it was another thing that because they pulled out, there were still tons of littler, smaller uh, booths um, that could grow in size because, uh, for example, Sony, who usually attends PAX East, uh, decided to pull out early because of the coronavirus fears. And because of that, they had tons of space for more uh, people to make their spaces larger or for more um, more uh, developers to take up some of those spaces so there was a lot more um, attendance in this way that uh, there was a lot more smaller indie games there rather than larger AAA ones. Um, additionally, I, I feel so bad for, um, rather on that note, I feel so bad for people who are indie developers. Maybe this is their first uh, E3 that they were supposed to be going to. And now it's postponed or it's put off until uh, 2021 now because the uh, E3 has said that they will go on next year, but it must really sting. And I'm sure it does uh, to, for some people who are like, this is my first E3. I'm very excited. I'm so pumped. We're going to get the news out about our cool game. And now they um, have to do something else to uh, spread the word to a as large of an audience as E3 was probably going to be. Yeah, it's. I know it's gonna be hard for them. It's honestly pretty tragic. Yeah, I uh, I asked on Twitter, uh, what do you think about E three pulling out? What do you think about the smaller uh gamers? What do you think this could mean for smaller localized venues or for companies like Ubisoft and Xbox, who and others who are still holding online events? I want to read this one joke that somebody decided to put out, and it was Moose, who was a good friend of the show. But they said, I think you should cancel the podcast, too, because you don't want to get your listeners sick. And so I said, my listeners all believe it's a hoax, <laughs> which I know is untrue. And if you do believe that, we have a lot of words to exchange. Um, <laughs> but Marcy, uh, Marcy Neighbors at Shadowlith on Twitter uh, said, E3 has been in a really weird pace, place for the last couple of years. I think this cancellation is going to accelerate whatever evolution it's been going through. I don't expect it to go away, but I think after this year, the industry's relationship with it is going to change a lot. And that could be true, um, simply given the fact that a lot of um, other venues are going online only. Like I said, the ESL League um, is going online to online events um xbox decided that because they're not going to e3 uh they will host some online showcases uh for fans so this could change e3 in a maybe positive way or maybe negative way if people are really kind of going to embrace the online aspect of um of showcasing well considering with the uh recent uh reformatting that they were going to try to do make it more of a influencer type ordeal mm. I hope with this cancellation they'll hopefully re-examine that decision and maybe go back on it because it's not 
really about the influencers. It's it's about the games. It's about right the games, the hardware, the the uh, yeah, just like uh, at the very closest it's gonna get to influencers is cosplaying. But even then, that's like anyone can do that, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's um, interesting because as I'm saying, like, you know, maybe we'll go to a more online experience. You're telling me, I didn't even know that they were trying to make it more influencer focused, but obviously influencers whole kind of gig, their whole like money role is online experience, right? They uh, showcase themselves, they showcase whatever talent they have um, through social media. And so now I mean, can they still or will they still be doing that um, if E3 um, decides to uh, go the online route as well? Um, I should say uh, in regards to that, E3 is, uh, the ESA is looking at possibly having um, an online showcase still this year despite having the actual venue canceled. Um, so to that point, I mean, do you think that they can still use the influencer angle to try and get things rolling? Uh, I think if they're going to use an influencer uh, angle, they should stick with, like, ga gaming influencers. Although, so kind of... Like ninja. <laughs> as much as I do not like ninja, I would, I, I guess, although considering they're kind of unofficial host slash poster child, Jeff Keighley canceled going to that event well before the cancellation mm. of the event itself right i don't i don't i don't know what they can do really right. i loved jeff keely he was pretty he was pretty good guy pretty charismatic right it's uh it's gonna be hard it's gonna be uh real real hard um q omega q at omega q on twitter said um, it probably really sucks for local places who get an increase of sales with various things. Uh, not going to affect big companies one bit, more than likely. And he's got a good point. I mean, despite um, despite being held in Los Angeles, uh, L.A. did say, like, you know, it's a bad idea. We are going to pretty much shut down uh, everything here. <laughs> We're probably not going to go along with... Um, you know, venues and stuff like that anymore. But E3 was still like, nope, we're going to go ahead and do it, blah, 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 blah. Um, so now, I mean, local stores, uh, local venues are probably um, going to get pretty economically damaged by this decision. Yeah, I'm guessing a lot of local businesses kind of rely on E3 and stuff for the the gamers to rise up, so to speak. Right. <laughs> for... Uh at least a little bit of a financial help, you know? And without that for this year, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they can do. Yeah. Especially considering it's not just E3 that's getting canceled. Pretty much everything in LA is getting canceled. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I can only imagine what this might do to other venues as well. So, uh, the Overwatch league was, it, it takes place in many, uh, major cities all over the world. So that could really harm not only the world economy, but like, I mean, we speak about how big the Chinese video game market is, how big the video game market is overall. I mean, it's something like 
uh, I want to say $3 billion industry right now. Could E3 and all of these little uh, uh, gaming venues, all these competitive gaming venues shutting down hurt the world economy somehow? Well, I don't know about gaming venues, but I do know that in terms of hardware, it's already hurting because they're all kind of trying to get as many resources resources as I can to start building up the, the hardware, whether it be consoles or phones or even car parts, I'm pretty sure. Right. I know people are starting to worry about a shortage for game consoles or the new ones that are coming out later this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking good not looking good they canceled like every school <laughs> ever in new york in new york state uh due to this and um it's i mean i think we're, we're the world health organization did say it's a pandemic um so i mean we're we're here it's <laughs> it's really here it's really happening uh there's a lot to kind of worry about um, to that end, there's a lot of um, game-specific kind of conferences coming up to uh, Minecraft Fest, uh, Eve Fan Festival, um, something I was really looking forward to, the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival, which is was taking place in L.A. Uh, in November. I don't know if that's happening now. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see what they say. Uh, there's also fan festivals for Final Fantasy XIV taking place uh, in uh, London and uh, in Japan. And, I mean, we're all kind of in the same boat right now. We're all kind of gearing up for the worst and shutting down at, uh, at best, shutting down just schools and little venues. Um, some places are shutting down entire countries. Um, <laughs> Italy's pretty much a barren wasteland for the moment it's it's a it's a scary time yeah honestly i don't know how this is really gonna affect the gaming community at large or just the world community at large after i don't know how long this goes on people are suspecting it's gonna hopefully slow down when the warmer months come in but if it doesn't What's, yeah, and then, I mean, then? what happens? Yeah, what happens after the warmer months? What if it does slow down and then it ramps back up once, like, Halloween hits, you know? It could be really bad. Well, as I said at the beginning of the show, wash your fucking hands. <laughs> it's the only thing you can do at this point. Wash your hands. Uh, uh, shield yourself. Cover your mouth. Uh, all that good stuff. Just... Just stay safe and uh, visit a doctor every now and then. Um, do you, any any last uh, um, comments? Any last thoughts? Uh, any last uh, things that you? Uh, what, what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, suggestions for people out there. Look, if if you're gonna go out, just don't act like it's some sort of like. How do I put this? something you'll immediately catch like mm -hmm. be wary be cautious maybe grab a, put on a mask if you're sick wash your hands like whenever you can 
as often mm-hmm. as you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't don't be racist towards like Asians, please. There's been a lot don't. of that going on. Yeah. Recently, I just saw a Facebook post earlier today about a local Burger King refusing to serve a uh, uh, Asian family. What's that gonna do? <laughs> what good is that for anyone? I'm guessing they're thinking, oh, the coronavirus is from China. Um, China's in Asia. Maybe, maybe yeah, if, if we stop I'm serving, serving them, you, coronavirus goes away. That's so dumb. Uh, Racists are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, a- anything, anything else. What else? I know there was one other thing. Oh, yeah. Don't stockpile everything. Leave, leave, leave some stuff for. Yeah, we're people. not. Please. Yeah, we're not there yet. We're not at like, oh god, I have to stay in the house and hoard toilet paper, yet. Okay, relax, people. We're not there yet, and we're not gonna get there if you wash your hands. We we got we'll we'll get through this. We've gotten through how many viruses in the past decade? Yeah. We'll We're strong this. people. We are strong people. Okay, we're going to start wrapping up this show. <laughs> um, it's a short one this week, but that's okay, because I really wanted to get the E3 story out. I really wanted to get some ideas on it, because, I mean, it is a serious one. Um, and it's the really the biggest story this week, and I know that people are going to be talking about it for weeks and weeks to come, so we'll keep up with it if you'll keep up with us. Um, that being said, um, as we move along toward the end of the show, we ask that you give our listeners a recommendation. Which game or games should they be playing or on the lookout for? Hmm. Let's see. Honestly, right now, I'm just replaying Watch Dogs 1, because why mm. not? It takes place in Chicago, and it's right in my backyard. <laughs> Perfect. That's the best reason. Although, I think, just look out for both Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal, and the that's really right. crazy fandom crossover that's been going on. I love it. It's, it's right. very twistedly wholesome. It really is. I I truly love how uh, sometimes the internet can come together like that with like a really gritty kind of quote unquote manly game like uh, uh, Doom Eternal and then a very kind of friendly flowery kind of game like Animal Crossing and the two are just like, no, we can be friends. (laughs) (laughs) I really love that. Um, I'm going to recommend as usual something I always kind of recommend and that's final fantasy 14 um (laughs) they recently came out with a new patch um it's a pretty good little patch uh just to kind of tide people over if you're not a crafter or gatherer in the game that's okay you should be one now though because it's like they've revamped it it's pretty good uh you can get some really cool like little gizmos and gadgets uh from doing crafting and gathering i'm pretty sure the Ishgard restoration is leading up to Ishgard housing, which is something we all want. So, like, you should help us do it, okay? Just like start, start, start crafting, okay? It's for your own good. You know you want to. Don't lie to me. <laughs> any chance you can give an elevator pitch? I, for one, haven't <sighs> played any Final Fantasy game, so. Oh, okay. Um, well, if you like 
uh, cat girls and cat boys, tall, long necked elf boys or girls, and big baras or busty bunnies. You should come play Final Fantasy fourteen, the game with cat boys, bara cat boys, bunny girls. Uh, humans, I guess. Uh, elves. Mm, what are rose? Rose are more bara, bara, bara boys and bara girls. And oh, I'm forgetting lalafels. Lalafels are really cute. They're tiny. I feel like I'm forgetting another race though. You might only cat boys, big cat boys. <laughs> Viera, the lalafell, rose. No, I guess I got them all. Five. <laughs> There's like seven. <laughs> oh, Aura! The lizards! I'm sorry, Aura players. I There's lizards, too. You can play as a lizard. It's great. You can be a blue lizard or a green lizard. Those are the only two colors. <laughs> yeah, my, own, my um, only experience with Final Fantasy was back when, uh, for some reason, they did a crossover with Assassin's Creed Origins, and we got a sword and shield and a Mount, kind of like, <gasps> That's like a right. weird chicken. Oh yeah, that was weird. It was really weird. I don't know why that happened. I don't know either. <laughs> I think it was the four, 15 crossover. I think it's the one. It, it, that was. That's the one with the flying car and the, right. Yeah, that one was weird. That was weird. That was a weird crossover. <laughs> I don't recommend. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, Final Fantasy 14 is really fun though. I mean, it's a it's the MMO version of Final Fantasy, so. You know, you get to play with your friends. You get to meet new people. Uh, there's still a story, and it's a very good story um, in Shadowbringers, especially, which is the latest uh, expansion. And I mean, uh, cat boys are there, so <laughs> I'm hoping that MMO is better than Fallout 76. <laughs> Oof! All right, be Fallout then. <laughs> Don't recommend Fallout. No, I'm kidding. Um, and finally, to finish off the episode, please let us know where we can find you on the internet, and, or if you wish to be found, and if you have anything else to plug. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at uh, ReadySetFire123. Um, you can find me on uh, two podcasts that I've listed uh, beforehand, uh, Something Wonderful Right Away, and uh, Good Idea. Uh, we recently recorded an episode with uh, Adderall 5 from uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. <gasps> No way! Yes, we got Chunt on the podcast. <gasps> I'm so jealous. I'm gonna cry. Hey, I I was in that episode, but you can barely tell because I if it wasn't internet issues, it was me being super anxious and starstruck that I could <gasps> barely get a word out. <laughs> I literally have tears in my eyes. This isn't fair. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay. Oh, I listen. I don't get starstruck, but there are some people in this world, like maybe three, <laughs> I could think of, and he's one of them. And I think the other two are the other two from Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, but Matt Young and no, Arnie Paul of Tompkins too. Oh, I would love to meet Paul of Tompkins and Lauren Lapkus. I want to meet Zach Valenti. He seems awesome. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so jealous. I'm super jealous. <laughs> Is that episode out? Uh, yes, it is. I'm gonna go listen I to think it it's right called, after this. I think it's called Wolf or Roof, I believe. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. 
I can't believe this. <laughs> okay. It's like it's like a, uh, several degrees of separation kind of thing going on with me, which is like, I'm like, oh, I'm almost there. I'm so, he's within reach. Yeah, you've I'm, you've I'm now met there. two people who have uh, performed with uh, Ad Over Five, me and Aiden. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I'm like tearing up. Okay. Um, go listen to those podcasts. I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that they're fantastic. Um, anything else to plug? Um, not necessarily a plug, but for people in the U.S., go vote, please. Go vote. Please. Go vote. That's a great plug. If you don't vote, you can't say nothing when the bad things happen. Unless you're, like, not able to vote. That is also true. So, go vote, asterisk, unless you're unable to vote. Um, (laughs) okay, um... That all said, as always, you can find me at Kamijace Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the weekly cooldown as well on Twitter at WK Cooldown. Uh, be sure to visit the weekly cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our humble bundle for this week. Um, or our humble link for this week. Um, you can support your favorite charities and support the show. Um, you can also support the show by checking out the donation link, which is somewhere in the description as well. Uh, if, you, if you can click it, you should click it, because it'll give me a couple of dollars to keep this gravy train on the gravy r- uh, rails. Uh, so yeah, check that, check those out, um, and support the show and support me here at the weekly cooldown. Again, I am Kami Jace, your host. Um, all right. Well, once again, that's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. And I'm ready to set fire. Perfect. And we'll see you next week. Thanks everyone.